So I'm so excited, guys. I'm literally thrilled. I'm like, I would be jumping up and down if I, if I didn't have to do this. I'm so thrilled to introduce, can I, talk, can I call you the funniest Korean? No, I am not the funniest Korean, but thank you very much. I, I, hope, I hope I'm in the top 100. Maybe. Well, you're in my top for sure. So thank you. Um, yeah, because I've seen you when I was at Berkeley. I saw you perform at like the Korean Student Association and I was just blown away. Like you're such an amazing person. You do collaboration. You have like so many kids and then you do your, you're just <laughs> amazing, seriously. Cause I interviewed William Hung before and then we have like, we have some mutual connections and he's just like, you know, PK is amazing. And uh, he was kind enough to grace his podcast guys. Um, so welcome the very funny, the fu in my opinion, you're the funniest Korean and most handsome Korean comedian, PK Kim, how are you doing? Wow, that was an amazing intro. Thank you so much, Leah. I'm doing great. I'm actually at home right now. The kids are running around in the background, getting ready for Christmas, which is crazy. And uh, I am not the funniest Korean. Bobby Lee, Margaret Cho, Ken Jung, Steve Byrne, Kevin Shea. I can keep going, but uh, I, I'm proud that I at least, I think I can make the top 50. For sure. Yeah, I think top 50 for sure. <laughs> Thank you're you. top you're top for me but um okay so i'm chinese um and i have a theory i feel like koreans are the funniest asians because this is my theory okay correct me if i'm wrong and that's why i brought you on this podcast if, in case i am wrong i feel like um because you guys are almost annihilated twice as a hilarious Right, because like you guys have to go through so much bullshit. Like Chinese people invaded you guys, like Japanese people invaded you guys. So you guys have to develop like a coping mechanism. That's my theory. Because like I started doing comedy after my divorce and my mom passed away. So like do you, oh shit, I need to get out of Facebook. Sorry, how how dare I do that? Um, so my theory is like you guys are the funniest Asians because you have you guys have to deal with so much stuff. Um, what do you think? Like, why do you guys think? Why do you think Koreans are so funny and so? dominated in entertainment well i'm definitely not dominating but i definitely i think i agree i partially agree with you i think that it's because of the history mm -hmm. geography i read a book on the geography of uh, you know the placement of korea and just you know it's a tiny little peninsula in between a lot of them you know china japan and you know mm -hmm. soviet union back then russia and america they just it was just kind of used as a chessboard during war so yes. because of that you're right like there is a inferiority complex when throughout history people just come to your land and then they just do what they want you know and it's like you you, you know as a culture mm -hmm. whenever you are dominated like that the next generation has a chip on the shoulder mm -hmm. absolutely can you so, oh sorry go ahead yeah, so that's one thing, but also, uh, you know, Confucianist culture, it really highly emphasizes education above all. And if you don't uh, make it in terms of, like today's society for Korean culture, they pretty much look down on you. But now mm -hmm. there's already evidence with like Margaret Cho, Ken Jump, like mm -hmm. you, can, you can be very successful doing comedy. So mm -hmm. open the Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for the clarification. Like, this is what I love, guys, like educated, like comedians who have their research, you know. So um, what do you think Koreans versus like community, commu Korean Americans versus like mainstream white Americans find funny? Like, do you think there's a difference, like watching Korean TV shows or do you feel like it's negligible now? Or what are your thoughts on these three 
types of comedies if they're oh category. well i mean like in terms of like the, the comedy in korea and america huge difference the, the number one style of comedy in korea is called gag comedy it's more like an old school type snl skits i think it's kind of corny but mm-hmm. kids love it it's the top. i love it too and yeah yeah i feel like chinese comedy is more like okay because there's no word for sarcasm or irony in chinese so mm. It's like, there's no irony. And I mean, I mean, okay, they understand the concept now, but I think language does play a part in humor. And Chinese people Oops. don't really get self-effacing humor. Like, I feel like if they watch Louis C.K., they're like, why the hell is he making fun of himself? You know, they'd be like, why don't you have any pride in your culture? And like, when my mom was alive, she was just like, Lee, don't make fun of Chinese or China, okay? And I feel like it's like an old school way of thinking. And I get it because of, you know, concepts of like saving face and like just being proud of your culture, especially if you're in a new country. But um, yeah, sorry, that was my rant. Uh, no, that's totally, <laughs> totally true. Even my, you know, first of all, sorry about uh, loss of your mom. I lost my dad about 10 years ago. And uh, before he came to one comedy show before, oh, nice. which meant everything. He didn't like that I did comedy. But one thing he said after the show was, you want to do this? I said, you know, I do. And he said, then just don't make fun of me. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like in, in, in culture, you don't make funny elders, but in America, you just make fun of everybody. So mm-hmm. one thing too, I, I just emceed this gala, Asian American mentoring program. It's a nonprofit and it was uh, mostly Chinese uh, Americans in 626. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 626. Just like you say, six, two, six. just like you said, by the way, if you're not from LA, Chinese people own the 60 freeway all the way down <laughs> to uh, Temple City, Rosemead, Arcadia, San Marino, Montebello, Monterey Park, Roland Heights, High Sienna Heights, Diamond Bar. I mean, that's run by Chinese people. But um, so I, like you said, like when I do my self-deprecating jokes, they kind of laugh, mm-hmm. you know, the older people. But when I talked about the pride of our academics mm-hmm. and made fun of it that that joke worked the best so Ooh, i'm taking this for example i mm-hmm. i performed at the yale korean culture wow 100 students and you know that's uh, incredible congrats korean, mm-hmm. well thank you koreans worship harvard yes. and so yeah. uh, my opening joke at the yale korean culture night was damn all of you got rejected from harvard <laughs> and uh <laughs> They booed, they booed me so loud and I laughed so hard. Oh, they booed? Are you serious? Of course. No, I mean like in a fun way. They're like, boo. Oh, okay, okay. Thank God. We wanted to come here. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, it's <laughs> okay. okay. Keep it real. You guys are the best of the rest. You don't have to, you know, why don't you just... But that joke killed at the Chinese uh, American... Oh, Gap interesting. Because hmm. it, was, it was uplifting us. Like, hey, we have a high standard, but also making fun of you know, when we don't keep it real, like, right. Oh, that's so fascinating. To the second best. I love that. Place, you know? uh, can I, can I say, I heard PK say this joke and then say it up with open mind? Of course. <laughs> cause like, okay. I have this joke. Cause I, I, I dated uh, this like Indian. You could do, you could do like, that. Just don't ever do it. Like if it's recorded or. On okay. 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 For sure. But I will say I, I'm going to steal. Okay. Cause my joke is like, I dated this Indian like surgeon who did comedy. And like he never called me back, so I like directly like stole his joke. But 
Anyways, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't call me back, but he was cool though. He was cool. No, that is funny though. If you, see, if you do that in a bit, you say, you know, you never call me back, so I'm going to do his jokes. Yeah, exactly. If you that's, ghost me, guys, I'm stealing your jokes. That um, is hilarious. Thank you. Oh my God. This is, this, you're making my day. So, um, so let's, cause you've been doing comedy like since dinosaurs. So like, what was your first open mic show like? And what did you talk about? Not dinosaur. Well, you know, my dad, <laughs> yeah. my dad was a pastor of a Korean Presbyterian church, very conservative. And he started it with a few families and he grew it to 3000 people. So I grew up in that environment where I saw one person with the microphone can make a huge impact. But then Pastors always said what you were supposed to say and stand up hands. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to listen to them, but they always said what people were thinking, but we you're not supposed to say. So right. I just thought the stand-up communities kept it more real. Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy, Johnny Carson growing up. And then in between, like I used to lead the songs at mm -hmm. church. So in between, I used to start telling jokes and stories. So that's kind of where it started. And then mm -hmm. for 2000, I used to wait in line every Tuesday at Laugh Factory on Sunset for like six, four to six hours just to do two minutes. And I did that for a year before the owner, Jamie Masada, said, hey, mm -hmm. do you want to run Asian night? And I literally mm -hmm. his arms like, wow. And I crushed it. Like I've never nice harder in terms of there were so many nights where I was single handedly packing the place just by promotion. Wow. I love that. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, you kind of talked a little bit about your, your dad. So like, were your parents thrilled when you said, Hey, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. Uh, were both of them supportive? Uh, absolutely not. My dad, <laughs> you know, we paid for tuition at Occidental college, which was, you know, a lot. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Barack Obama went there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's up. That's uh, where he partied. And then the first two years and then, <laughs> yeah. then he transferred to Columbia and he got serious. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too as soon as that uh, he became president the whole occidental gift shop they just plastered the entire place with like obama like shirts and stickers and hilarious but uh what's it called i think that you know and all the parents are just worried about they just want you to be happy you don't yeah. Yeah. so obviously they but i'm the last of five and i already have like successful older brothers and sisters kind of, <laughs> you are you're the most successful obviously right i am not my uh, my older brother Daniel was valedictorian of high school. He's, he's at UCLA Law. He's like done very well. You're the most famous. Uh, in my family, I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So fame, fame, honestly, as you get older, mm -hmm. it's like you know when you're young, you want to become famous and you right. like that kind of attention. And I'm not even a, like remotely famous. Only maybe in Koreatown, and even that gets annoying. Like. You always get people who, uh, they go, hey, remember me? I'm like, oh, man, what's up, bro? Uh, remember, I, <laughs> I came to your show four years ago. And you're like, blank, right? But then they're like, I don't know, maybe we're in a bad mood. So they're like, oh, man, you're big time now. I'm like, what in the hell? Like, how am I going to remember you from four years ago to show? So, uh, I was shocked you didn't remember me. So that's why I wrote a very long um, Instagram DM. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can just imagine people who are really famous, how often they just get, they can't go out anymore. Right. right. They hang out with other famous people and they stay in a bubble and they become weird. Right. 
absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad how just amazingly down to earth you are. I think I heard you on another podcast by this Mexican comedian. He was like, wow, PK was amazing. He was so- Felipe Esparza? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him like just gushing about you on his podcast. I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Because I feel like, because, okay, I've been doing stand-up comedy for 37 days and I've launched my podcast. 37 days? Yeah. Did you say 37 days? Yeah, 37 days. Like stand-up. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's literally- uh, full of joy and pain and mostly pain. Yeah, I, I get that. I feel like I'm a garbage person, so I belong here, basically. I love it. No, but I, I really love it because, like, my background is more like life and career coaching where, like, you know, I would help out, like, new international students with, like, you know, getting their jobs. Like, yeah, you can do this. You can make this happen. And, like, at the stand-up comedy shows, I'm like, kill yourself. So it's, uh, it's, um, but don't do it guys. Don't do it guys. It's just uh, my quality. Uh, don't take it seriously. So like, what advice would you have for like first time comedians? And like, I almost want to, okay, let me just say this. Do you feel like Asians are slightly different or is it just a mind thing? Like what advice would you give for like beginner starting up stand up comedy? Because I feel like as an Asian, it's like so weird to do it. At least for me, like, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta be aggressive in getting stage time. Stage time is the most, the hardest thing, but also being disciplined, um, and this is what I need to do more, is just having a daily set time to write. I think that's why Jerry Seinfeld is mm-hmm. successful. Is he never let anybody, uh, interfere with his mm-hmm. he had when he writes and he wrote every single day and you could see it shows, you know, like, mm-hmm. you not be, you know, the greatest but he's one of the greatest because he he just kept cranking out new material mm-hmm. so that's that's the thing is uh whoever is the most disciplined in terms of daily writing and um being aggressive and getting stage time mm-hmm. they're they're going to be the most successful i love that thank you for so much for the amazing advice i feel like um now i feel more reassured it's not about like what's outside but just totally controllable uh, discipline. So thank you so much for that. And um, I'm glad you brought up Jerry Seinfeld because I had a conversation with like a comedian about this. Um, and the and I, I maybe it's just my circle, but it's just like I'm an entrepreneur and also a comedian. And like I know Jerry Seinfeld at the time of this recording, he has a net worth of nine hundred and fifty million dollars. So do you feel like um, what do you feel like is a relationship between like money and being funny? If you think there is a correlation, I think Jerry Seinfeld. He one thing he's really annoyed is that when people think about money doing comedy, like he said when he first started, mm-hmm. probably for the first ten years, like he was just scraping by. But he he said he purely did it with just for the love of trying mm-hmm. to the joke and be funny. But it's such a huge business now that everybody just is focused on the money. Like I had this one comedian, she was like. When do I start making big money, PK? When do I start? I'm like, how long have you been in it? She's like, 10 years. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you you know, you, you can't be focused on that, you know? Cannot be focused on that or you're going to lose, you're going to lose the whole game. Mm-hmm. I think Koi, people don't realize he, he's blowing up now. I mean, he's always been big, but he's like rock star now, but he's mm-hmm. been for 30 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it takes a long time and, and, even the people who do do it for a long time, it takes them decades. Awesome. Thank you for putting this into perspective. I really appreciate it. So, okay. Now, basically questions only you can answer. How can a girl get a Korean oppa? 
<laughs> How old are you? I'm 29, but I'm kind of like, at this point, I'm just going to throw myself into this because I'm still like... Are you a... Are you... I don't, I'm not a weeabo, but I'm just asking for other people. Because I feel like people who click on this are likely Korea boost. Well, are um, they, it's because of K-pop? Probably K-pop, K-drama, all the K-things. What would you advise them? Well, I mean, I wouldn't try to go for someone just because of their ethnicity, you know. The Korean guys, uh, because of K-pop and K-dramas, they may be big now. And most of the Korean guys I know are cool, but there's also Korean guys have a bad reputation of being wife beaters so that's not good oh shit what what you know, you, you've never heard of that it's me what what never heard of that, no, never heard of that. okay please one of, one of the biggest uh problems in the korean community really yeah. oh i didn't know alcoholism and, and domestic violence and smoking. Okay. but um i think that uh yeah you know i wouldn't i would never try to look for someone just for their ethnicity but i would say uh Definitely, Korean guys love the egg yolk thing. <laughs> Culturally, you know what egg yolk is? Yeah, like cuteness. Yeah, like oh, like can you buy me some? Like what? <laughs> like I'll, probably all guys like that, you know? Like it's just that whole thing. It can get annoying after a while, but mm -hmm. in the beginning, you know, probably helps a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't even know if I should ask him that because it's related to the first one so like how okay because i feel like uh asians grow up in this war-torn mentality and like whenever i talk to my american friends they're like why do you only care about money i'm like you don't understand like so okay like let's say korea korea like how can a guy impress a korea korean girl versus that maybe an american korean girl how can a guy impress impress a girl from korea yeah make a lot of money all right, that's good. All right, next one. <laughs> so, Pretty much. I mean, I, <laughs> I love it. Not all, not all. I mean, there's some very uh, religious girls from Korea who probably don't care as much. But I mean, like, I've been married for 14 years. It's, it's, it's after love, money is right there in terms of importance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it touches everything that is important. I do think it's not like everything, right? But like, as a divorced woman, I've seen a lot of stuff and I'm like, kind of jaded which which is funnier but um uh but basically uh that's how i think and i think it's funny to be a gold digger on stage because nobody kind of has that niche but we'll see um but uh, thank you thank you for that insightful answer i love it so um what's your favorite korean joke or like funny situation what's my favorite korean joke yeah what do you, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. Like in terms of just like Korean culture or Korean, like, I don't, are you talking about from Korea or I, I'm not sure what you're asking. Like, just, I guess anything, because I don't know, you know, <laughs> like you're, um, yeah, anything. I think anything would you say would be entertaining. <laughs> I used to, when I first started, I, I did a lot of jokes about being Korean. I did a lot like but you know as I'm getting older I really I'm really trying to just get away from it but I literally probably have like 20 minutes straight of like I had this DJ I just she was about being Korean like an old Korean DJ or this Korean food rap kimbap nakbap ojima with hip-hop being sumo very when you're drunk you know what's up that's what's up I had that whole thing I had this um 
I have a whole bit about Korean weddings. I'm still adding to that, but like how Koreans are the worst at weddings. We're very self-conscious. We only dance when the room is pitch dark. It has to be completely dark. And then there's a, everybody has to take shots for 30 minutes and there's a bunch of red faces in the dark. And then if someone turns the light on, everybody runs back to the table because we're like bugs at weddings. And we are you know, very pass polite, passive aggressive. If there's one last piece of food, we keep cutting it in half and in half. And if someone, takes the last piece we're all thinking selfish you know things like that, <laughs> that whole yeah i heard you say that yeah yeah i heard, I heard that joke that you did it was awesome yeah thank you i i uh, have a lot about that and so if you see certain comedians like do you know rex navarrete no let me write it down he's a filipino comedian he has a whole he's built a whole career he's done very well just just on filipino humor mm-hmm. and a crowd of filipinos that come out to watch him mm-hmm. and um you know, I always thought about like, oh, maybe I'll go that route. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you really want to make it big and impact the most people, then it can't be too niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Great. So, okay, now we come to the point of the podcast. Okay, how can I marry a rich Korean man without conflict from his family? I'm Chinese, by the way. That's hilarious. Well, <laughs> Curiosity, uh, being a stand-up comedy, comedy's not gonna help that. <laughs> you mean you guys don't uh, want a comedian teacher? Uh, nope. nope, uh, nope. Being a female stand-up comedian is not gonna help you with the Korean family at all. But um, I would say that uh, just being very respectful to the parents and being from an Ivy League uh, college and uh, dressing super clean and going to church every Sunday, <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, those are all things that would help out, you know, having mm-hmm. a good amount of money in your savings account. <laughs> okay, I see. I'm serious. These are all uh, <laughs> superficial <laughs> things, but they're very real. I mean, if he's a, if he's a, he's a good Christian guy, then being a good Christian, if he's a Buddhist, then being a Buddhist, I think that helps. Okay. Um, all right, so <laughs> this, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna think about this. So, okay, so uh, next question, how can I fool people to think that I'm North Korean? Um, that's okay. If it's possible. <laughs> There's a- I already have plastic surgery, so I, I already have a double eyelid, so like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't many North Koreans have double eyelid surgery. Damn it. Um, Damn it. Um, okay. I mean, so, you definitely have to have, you definitely have to have a, an amazing story of how you escaped. That's true. Because when Trump brought the North Korean boy to a state of the union, I was like, damn, uh, I don't have a story like that. So uh, yeah, maybe I should just shouldn't do this. Okay, thank you. You're helping me by telling me what not to do. So I appreciate that. Um, okay, so do you feel like being a like, um, like a Korean comic, do you feel like it's an advantage or a disadvantage? Or it's kind of neutral? Like, how do you deal with it? Because I feel like I have to come to terms with it sometimes, but there's, there, like- it's always going to be harder being a minority. You think so? Why? Why? Well, I mean, if you look at the crowds that come, you know, it's we're Asians are five percent of the country, you know. But there's no excuse now with Ali Wong, Ken Jeong, Bobby Lee, Margaret. Cho, there's no excuse, you know. Sheng Wang, uh, is there's just a lot, there's too many success stories now. So even though it's a little harder, uh, we just have to work harder. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for putting it into perspective. So, 
Um, what is what are like your favorite topics to talk about in your comedy? Uh, I just try, I just try to write down topics of my daily life. You know, like whatever's going on. Like right now, I'm, I have a day job as a recruiter. I, I make like twenty five to fifty cold calls a day and emails and texts. And it's it's very exhausting. I get rejected all day long, and so you know, I just during the day I email myself little notes of what I think is funny about people talk at work you have to be so proper and you know how they probably really are in life and so things like that like everyday life and then I you know I MC weddings every weekend you know I've done over 500 to help feed the family and so I you know a lot of material there and then just being a dad you know just what just do I think I think the best ones are like personal ones from your real life Although some people are really good at like the Mitch Hedberg type one-liners, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm definitely not good at that. You know, like the opening monologue of like a night, late night talk show. And that's definitely not my style of humor, but I, res- I respect it a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, now you have kids, like what do you enjoy teaching your kids about? So I want to say hi. 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 <laughs> You sound so cute. The camera's not on, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> because my son just came in after. No, no worries. I'm not wearing any clothes, so if that is. Oh, uh, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, sorry, folks. This is uh, explicit. Uh, never mind. All right, just just scratch that. Okay, I don't know how to edit. Um, so yeah, so like like because you have like a preacher's background and also you are a comedian. So... No, I'm not a preacher. My my dad was a preacher. Sorry, sorry. Holy shit. I was a preacher. My oldest brother's a preacher. My uncle's a preacher. And then my older sister married a preacher. I see. That's, that's awesome. Because I feel like it is very similar because, like, you're on the stage, right? And then you, you just basically talk to people. Um, okay. It's, yeah, kind of. No? Well, like, you, I, yeah, in the beginning, you kind of talk about how different it was. But I feel like you do have an advantage because of public speaking i guess like okay this is my theory on asians like either we're really good at public speaking like we're entertainers or like we're really scared of it well most people are very scared i think it's like one of the top three fears of people is public speaking so it's just just even being in front of people it terrifies a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense okay so what advice would you give for Okay, maybe maybe I switch this. If you could rule the world, what would you do? If I could rule the world, uh, 100%, no wars, world peace. That's what everybody wants. I think that's when we won when we pass away. Like, if there's no peace after we pass away, that's like, are you serious, God? Like, that's that's pretty whack. I mean, it's just whack that there's so much violence, you know, daily here, you know, and starvation. People forget there's thousands of people that starve to death every single day still, you know? So like we, we don't, in America, we, we never think about it because we don't want to think about it, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's true. So um, what advice you have overall for people and uh, get a chance to talk about? Uh, I would definitely say if you're younger, if you're by younger, I mean like, um, like younger than 20, I would, read the book it's called the one thing and uh order it on amazon and really choose the one thing you really want to focus on and go 
all in on that. Too many people, they waffle around, including myself, through their 20s and try to figure it out. Even through their 30s, they try to figure it out. And it's too late by then. You're, well, not too late, but you're, you're just digging yourself such a hard hole to get out of trying to do so many different things. You, know, you could do a lot of different things in life, but in terms of what's that one thing you want to go all in on to become the best you could be, you have to, there's only a limited amount of time in the day after you finish work and you know chores and everything you need to take care of. You only have a few hours every day and it has to be focused on your one thing. Mm-hmm. Great. So, um, great. So how can we stalk you? How can we book you? What's your next project? Uh, I'm on, you know, Instagram at PK comedy. If, uh, check me out there uh, right now, I'm just survival mode with the three kids. People have no idea how hard it is. You know, it's, it's incredibly exhausting. And then just to keep paying, you know, paying the bills. It's, it's really exhausting and stressful. So right now I'm just doing that. And uh, here and there, I'm just writing material. I, I, I uh, just try to get up, you know, when I can on stage. But right now it's, I'm working nonstop. It's, awesome. it's- I see. Because um, I love your work and I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast, sharing so much wisdom with us. Thank you so much for like taking time out of your day to do this. I really appreciate it. And I'll uh, look forward to having you on future episodes if you allow it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me and uh, good luck to you and everything. Okay. Thank you.